So, uh, yeah, as Dom said, we are continuing uh, looking through our series uh, in Acts, um, and uh, it was fantastic uh, Emma had uh, to bring uh, to us. And uh, this week uh, we're moving into Acts 6. So the way uh, that we're working through this series uh, is we're trying to learn from the journey that um, the different people in Acts uh, went on with the Holy Spirit. Um, so uh, things that uh, principles that God's uh, taught to them uh, that we can learn for for this time uh, of um as it's already been mentioned, it's a time of change uh, for us as a church. Uh, and there was no time more dramatic in terms of the changes, what's described as going on in Acts. Uh, there was an incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which um, uh, Emma uh, talked about uh, last week. Uh, so listen back to that if you missed it. It was a, it was a brilliant time uh, together um, and some amazing things uh, to, to draw out of uh, that last passage uh, that Emma looked at. Uh, but the character that we're focusing in on today uh, is uh, Stephen, and uh, he first crops up in Acts uh, chapter 6. Uh, so I'm going to read that, um, and uh, then we'll go on to draw out a few points uh, from that passage. So it says, Now in those days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve, that's the apostles, uh, summoned the full number of the, uh, of the disciples and said, it's not right that we should give up preaching and the word of God uh, to serve tables. Brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas. My apologies. Uh, and Nicholas, they set before the apostles and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. So uh, this week, uh, as, as Dom's already uh, kind of raised uh, and prayed into, it's, it's Father's Day uh, and on the surface of his, on the surface, has absolutely nothing to do now uh, before we dig into this uh, that uh, the bible says that uh, church leaders are um, like shepherds or fathers uh, to god's church and the way that stephen responds to the church fathers um, and have some parallels and some lessons for us when we think about how we uh, honour our dads, uh, either in an ongoing way or uh, when we look back and remember uh, their lives uh, and their influence on us. So I'm not going to kind of uh, look into that point particularly, uh, but there may be some things as I go through this uh, that you think actually, you know, that, that is something that God's saying to me about uh, my dad uh, for today. Um, that I can remember for, for the rest of the year and on, on this day where uh, we honour and, and acknowledge uh, our dads. So, 
What we see uh, in this passage uh, is Stephen getting a job. Um, And uh, this is a time where the number of followers of Jesus was expanding rapidly. Uh, So uh, as Emma uh, said uh, last week, there were about 3,000 added uh, in the first day. And then it says from that, uh, it it expanded rapidly from that number. So I can only imagine uh, when the apostles said, uh, we want to gather all of the disciples together. What size uh, was this meeting that was going on here? Um, They they need, the apostles needed help. Um, They couldn't... uh, kind of handle every aspect of what was going on uh, by themselves. There were just 12 of them uh, and uh, thousands on thousands of, uh, dis- of new disciples, of new followers of Jesus. Um, and what's happening uh, in this, at the beginning of this chapter, what the issue that's being raised, uh, there's the, these two groups, uh, the Hellenists and the Hebrews. And uh, the Hellenists are the Greek-speaking Jews. Uh, they're um, Jews who have... Uh, so the kind of area was, as it were, colonised by Greece uh, years uh, before, and uh, they uh, the customs and culture uh, of Greece was adopted by some of the Jews, uh, and they became known as the Hellenists. Uh, and the Hebrews uh, didn't; they they stuck with with doing things the way they they always had. Um, and some of them looked down on the Hellenists for having adopted these foreign influences. Uh, and uh, one of the things that the church did in these early days uh, was to uh, serve uh, and uh, feed those who didn't. There was no um, safety net in their society. There was no uh, NHS or uh, welfare state. Um, So the church was there uh, feeding widows, uh, taking care of those who had no one else to take care of them when uh, their their families uh, weren't able to do that for whatever reason. And uh, we have uh, here a very serious issue arising where um, this could really undermine the gospel. Because if the gospel, the good news about Jesus and the life that he brings applies differently to for one group from a different group and they're treating people differently, it could totally undermine everything that the apostles are preaching. So it's very, this is why they call such a big meeting, is why they, call, they make uh, such a big deal out of this. Um, and they want people who are um, uh, full of the Holy Spirit to... Uh, to administer this task and um, they are uh, keen that um, they they find uh, somebody uh, good for that and that's exactly what happens here. The thing about getting a job though uh, is that if you're not careful um, it can put you into a box. So a few months ago uh, David spoke about Jesus getting labelled um, and they said uh, when when he came uh, to his hometown, this is uh, this is just uh, Mary and Joseph's son. Um, he's just a carpenter's son. Uh, their label is creating a boundary around him of expectations. It's placing a ceiling on what they uh, expect of him, and uh, they expect that he conform would conform to that. People like job roles. They like certainty. Uh, we do it uh, with people that we've just met. Um, so if you're at a party and you get past uh, the, the initial kind of small talk and you 
you know, trying to suss somebody out, you often you'd be asking them questions about uh, what they do or what school they went to or, um, you know, these kind of things where you can kind of go, well, if you're doing that kind of thing, then I can pigeonhole you in this kind of way. Um, and we can do it also with people that we've known a long time. Um, and they, you know, the kind of things uh, people say, oh, they've always been like that. And we don't expect people to change. And uh, Dom shared uh, an example that made me laugh a couple of weeks ago at the prayer meeting. Uh, he said uh, that at the food bank, there's one of the volunteers there uh, who uh, insists on calling him reverend. Um, and uh, as you can imagine, uh, Dom is not particularly keen on being called reverend. Uh, so he's taken to calling this chap, I can't remember his name, I'll call him Bill, uh, calling him congregant. Uh, so you have reverend Dom and congregant Bill. And the problem with these kind of labels uh, is that they come with a, a bit of a baggage of expectations that uh, you will behave or be a certain way. Um, and uh, what the apostles were doing here was absolutely necessary. Like, don't get me wrong on that. They were, it was important that they didn't uh, carry on the way that they were. They weren't going to have a Reverend Dom congregant Bill model where they did everything and everyone else was the congregants or the disciples. Um, but what uh, Stephen is showing that uh, what goes on uh, from this point uh, is uh, that this kind of rigid model, even if you kind of extend it a little bit, is still not okay. So we're saying it's not okay that we have Reverend Dom and Congregant Bill, but if then we have Server Stephen in the middle, and then that's, it's, that's Stephen's label and that sticks to him, that's not okay either. God showed the kind of church that he wanted to build by what we read happening in the following chapters. So if you read on, uh, you see Stephen, full of grace and power, doing great wonders and signs to the extent that he gets attention from the authorities. He's seen by the authorities as uh, a troublemaker in this new Jesus movement and what's going on there. He ends up going on trial. And even when he's on trial, he's faced with this kind of, well, he's an incredibly hostile group of people that are questioning him and even in that circumstance he's preaching the gospel with incredible boldness and courage and ultimately uh, he goes on uh, from that trial to uh, to lose his life so they, they sentence him to death from that trial Stephen performs his role he uh, is part of this team uh, that sorts out this problem uh, of the uh, distribution of food to the widows. But he doesn't conform to expectations. The problem uh, doesn't, isn't mentioned again, so we can only assume that uh, this team was really effective in doing what they were asked to do. But there is a a mindset about Stephen that I think is really important for us to get hold of as a church, particularly at this time. If you're not careful, you can think in a way that I have found myself thinking in the past. 
And this way of thinking goes a bit like this. The widows aren't going to feed themselves. This issue is really big. And if we don't get it right, then this whole thing could kind of start to derail. The scale of the task is huge. How is it that we can get our thinking more like Stevens rather than thinking in this kind of task focused way? How do we build a church in which is sustainable where the life of the Holy Spirit, the life of God uh, is shown clearly uh, to those uh, that God is um, wanting to reveal himself to? God's been taking me on a journey over the last couple of years um, about showing me a new way of walking, that a new mindset, a new um, just seeing this whole thing differently. Um, many of you may remember uh, that we had a church um, day away day up in Stevenage and Rob Davey, um, uh, prophesied over me and Helen and when he spoke over me uh, he talked uh, about seeing all the problems now it's time to get the power this could have been Stephen he could have been the seeing the problems guy the problems were pretty big but he didn't see the problems he got the power and he didn't fit within this box that uh, of this label of server at tables. He's there preaching the gospel. He's there doing signs and wonders. He's there full of the Holy Spirit. He's not just doing the task. He's serving the church leadership. He's serving the elders. He's honoring them. He's functioning as part of that team. He's doing what he's been asked to do, but he's hearing God and acting in power as he does that. And over the last couple of years, um, uh, Dom and uh, the eldership team have been gracious enough to allow me uh, to step back from responsibilities because I had to, I've had to have a complete mindset shift because my default is to look at the to-do list. My default is to say we need to achieve this and this and this. And what is the strategy? How are we going to achieve this goal? What's this milestone? How can we do, you know, this is how I work at work. Um, and church is not like that. Church is a work of God. Church is where we catch what the Holy Spirit is saying um, and uh, we catch his vision uh, and we pass that on to other people with the joy that he's put inside of our hearts, that he's given us uh, this freedom to be who we really are. So Stephen's posture of his life is, I think, shown in his final moments. His final moments, uh, we, the, uh, the Bible says that he saw heaven opened. And it talks about uh, when you have a, a kind of role or a, you know, a label put on you, you can have this ceiling or this box. Stephen lived his whole life that we read about in that moment that we see in the final 
moments of his life. It was as if over him, heaven was always open. There was never a ceiling on him. There was never uh, a, a topping out of what he was able to do because he was uh, present in the Holy Spirit. He was there as Stephen, but he was there um, just connected into the power of God all the time. So what about you? I wonder if there are things that people have said, labels that people have attached to you in the past uh, that have, for you, felt like they've closed in the room. They've put that, that low ceiling on you, that you will be this kind of person. This label fits to you and that's your box. That's your thing. Stephen shows us that it doesn't have to be like that. We, even if you, other people are saying you are the one who fixes this problem, you are the one who does this thing. God wants your ceiling to be heaven. And that's actually a word that was spoken over us as a church in the very, very early days. Um, there was this word about an open heaven over Hatfield. And I don't believe it's just, just Hatfield. It's uh, wherever you are, St Albans or Welling Garden City, you can have this same life that Stephen had, this same connection with the Holy Spirit that brought freedom, that brought joy, that brought life, that brought miracles. And it needs uh, a mindset shift. Maybe for you, the label isn't coming from what anyone else has said. Maybe it's a label that you have put on yourself. You've said, I am this kind of person. I never thought that I would be an elder of a church. I thought that maybe by the time I was 50, I might be a trustee. But, you know, here I am. I never thought that I would preach, but here I am. What has God got for you? What does he want for you? What's his purpose for you? What's his ceiling for you? I'm going to hand back to Robin in just a moment, but I just want to dwell on that question for a second. I want you to connect with God. Ask him to highlight a lab any labels that you have received. I'm just going to leave a pause. Any labels you've received from outside or labels you've put on yourself. And I just want to pray freedom over us. Lord, I thank you that your ceiling was heaven. Lord, thank you that you knew the intimacy of the Father at all times. That when you prayed, he was there. Well, thank you that you lived in that way. And then you gave us the Holy Spirit that we might experience something of that for ourselves. That this life that Stephen has had, I, I pray that it would challenge and provoke us. As we continue to go on through this series, I pray that each character we look at would challenge and provoke us. But Lord, this morning, for each of these labels, 
that people that you've highlighted uh, in different people's minds as we've had that little pause. Lord God, I pray that you would speak your truth. That you would strip away that label. And Lord, for every person that is feeling overwhelmed with the task of what has to be done in life in general, never mind thinking about God or church or anything else. Lord, I pray that you would give that intimacy of your Holy Spirit in the same way that Stephen had, that you would give uh, your life, your joy and your peace. Well, thank you that you have all of those things in abundance at your disposal. We just, I just ask now that you would pour it out over our church. Lord, that as we gather together next week, it would be a new season. It would be a new day. It would be a time of fresh things. Lord, that Isaiah 43 it would be true for us. And that we would know you with us and we would see many people uh, saved and added as they did in Acts as we go out in your power. Amen.